Bears blog boys, you know it all, computer analytic geeky nerds. Michael Schneider, Tom Cavanaugh, the Bear blog boys, know it alls. Doing some podcast somewhere. Nobody wants to hear you. Boy, what? We off the grid, grid, grid. This for my kid, kid, kid. For when my kid, kid, kids have kids. Everything we did for the crib. Coming to you live from our mom's basement. This is the Bears Blog Boys Podcast. I am your host, Tom Cavanaugh, here on a solo podcast. Snyder had some scheduling conflicts. It was kind of an abrupt decision. To do one, uh, but we I just wanted to cover a couple topics that have recently come up in news with the Bears, obviously, in their offensive coordinator search. Um, and while it might not be the first one that I want to talk about, it's probably where I should start. The biggest news on who they're going to interview for their offensive coordinator position is Cliff Kingsbury, the offensive coordinator of the USC Trojans, where, you know, uh, Caleb Williams, the projected number one overall pick, was playing uh, college football at so they have a connection there and that's where everyone's kind of drawing these parallels and why it's so newsworthy um so i have been pretty adamant on twitter about cliff i i i get why they're interviewing him i i think it's a great opportunity to get some insight on caleb and honestly just to you know cover all your bases leave no stone unturned i totally understand it from that perspective um, I just like want people to put it in perspective that I don't think his NFL run went as well as people remember it did. Um, I think there was obviously some peaks there. Like they started to figure things out. I think in Kyler's second season when he was, when Cliff was the head coach in Arizona, um, and they got DeAndre Hopkins and I think they really, um, hit their stride in the beginning of 2021, but things started to kind of fizzle out from ha- that halfway season point. Um, into the playoffs, and then 2022 was a disaster. And I know Kyler got hurt that year, but even before that, that was one of Kyler's worst seasons. It was like, honestly, I think one of his worst seasons from like an efficiency standpoint since he was a rookie. Um, And the reasons why I don't love Cliff Kingsbury as an offensive coordinator is I think he's very predictable. Like, I think he runs just kind of the same offense. It's He's a very like true to its roots air raid type of guy, spread it out, get the ball out of your hands quickly. Um, and I don't think he ever really evolved past that. Like teams, uh, I, I can't remember where I heard this, but they were saying, uh, it was like someone reporting, um, from another coach that they had spoken to saying he was one of the easiest coaches to game plan for. We kind of knew exactly what they were going to run. And I think those offenses can work. Like the Eagles were a very similar offense in 2022. If you have the players to run them and if you can threaten them in multiple ways, like the Eagles were so imposing on offense, with the run game and the pass game that you had to kind of choose which one you wanted to stop. Therefore it opened things up for the other element, which I don't think that was ever the case for the Cardinals. I honestly think the case why the Cardinals were so good in a lot of ways was Kyler was so good off script and making plays on his own. And I know that's something Caleb Williams does really well, but I don't really think that's like an offensive offensive coordinators trait to like bring to an offense, letting their quarterback make things happen out of structure. Um, I would rather have some guy that can really make things happen within the structure and kind of game plan specific for defenses to really, really maximize what their scheme can do. And I think if you look at a guy like Bobby Slowick, um, Dave Canales, um, they're all kind of finding those edges from a schematic standpoint. Obviously, every team needs great players to make things happen, right? Like I'm not not trying to dispute that. But um, I think things start to 
get a little, I, I get a little worried about offensive coordinators when they do get predictable because um, the league, even from when Cliff Kingsbury was calling plays, has changed so much. I mean, I feel like defenses have really, really found their counterpunch um, to, to try to neutralize some of these explosive plays. And if Cliff comes out here trying to run the air raid again and not really pivoting, who knows? Maybe he would. Maybe without the other head coaching responsibilities, he could do more things as an offensive coordinator. Like I never want to like say, uh, I never want to say never on anybody or like totally, you know, end the possibility of them being a good offensive coordinator. I'm just saying from the last um, time we saw Cliff, I don't think it was going going well particularly. And and even Kyler Murray, I think, voiced some frustrations. He, I, I remember again in 2022. After a Chargers loss, um, he said, like, they knew exactly what we were doing. Like, we got, we just got beat up top to bottom. I remember he said that in a press conference. So, just want to keep that in mind. But again, the Bears would not be doing their job with the situation that they're currently in if they didn't interview Cliff Kingsbury. Hell, I will even go a step further. The Bears would not be doing their job if they didn't interview, like, a Greg Roman either. They should be exploring all their possibilities. Um, interviewing as many people as they can uh, and and making this search as thorough as they can. Because it sounds like from the last time, at least the way they made it sound, and maybe this is just they're placating to um, the mistake of, that was Luke Getze, but they said that the it was very rushed because everything was happening so fast. Like Ryan Poles gets hired right away, has to find a coach right away, and they have to fill out a staff. So I think the benefits of what they're doing now, even though you know it's not great for continuity's sake, they have more time to really, really go out and search for the best offensive staff possible. And obviously a lot of that is going to be dependent on what they do at quarterback. But with like a Cliff Kingsbury or a Greg Roman, we talked about it, me and Snyder did um, on the pod. I don't really think anyone wins in that situation, to be honest. Uh, I know there's connections with both quarterback candidates and both of those offensive coordinator candidates. But I really think that you would just – be better off if you hired a better offensive coordinator and just kind of left the nepotism alone <laughs> with with the Cliff Kingsbury um, and a Greg Roman with you know the parallels you can draw with Fields and his skill set. So that's kind of my thoughts there. Um, I hope they they most of this is just to ask things about Caleb Williams and what kind of competitor he is because it does sound like Cliff Kingsbury really really likes a Caleb Williams. I mean, he compared him to Mahomes. He said he was one of the best quarterbacks he's seen since Mahomes. So, um yeah, I I I love that they're that they're uh leaving no stone unturned in that regard. The one offensive coordinator that I was really excited about and I again, I have not been shy about it on Twitter, I've not been shy about it on the podcast is Zach Robinson, the quarterback coach and passing game coordinator of the Rams. I was ecstatic to see that they finally had requested to interview him. I was really nervous that like that was one of the first candidates the Saints actually requested to interview um, to be their offensive coordinator. And I was like, oh, my God, like within the first day that they fired uh, Pete Carmichael, of course, they take the guy that I really wanted. But the Bears have also uh, requested an interview with him and that one is what really fires me up. And I talked a little bit about why I like a Zach Robinson. I think he has a very similar background to a Bobby Slowick. Um, and obviously he worked for PFF and me and Snyder being the biggest PFF dweebs that, that are out there. Uh, I think on the Bears, uh, in the Bears fan base and, and Bears Twitter world, that's obviously going to be a huge plus for me because I think the PFF really tries to hone in on what is working currently in the NFL. 
But I think his resume speaks for itself in that he not only is he a part of a really innovative coaching staff and a, one of the best offensive head coaches in, in the NFL and Sean McVay, but he's worked his way up in a four-year sample. Like He hasn't been complacent. He's done different things. He's been an assistant quarterbacks coach, an assistant wide receivers coach, the quarterbacks coach, and now the passing game coordinator in a four-year time. Like That's pretty crazy. And and also another thing that stood out to me is that Sean McVay wanted new voices in the room this year, right? Like he basically turned over his entire offensive staff from 2022. However, Zach Robinson was one of the people that he kept around. So that also speaks volumes to me. He clearly provides a lot of value, um, at least from that's how it looks on the outside to this Rams coaching staff that does such a great job at coordinating offense, at calling plays and, and play design. And the last thing I will say about a Zach Robinson is that another thing that really, really intrigues me about him is that he's been with the Rams through so many different offensive identities, um, at least from, you know, I, I could probably do more research on this and have a clear idea of the actual like changes that they made from year to year. But if you think about when the Rams first started, when Sean McVay first started and what they really caught fire doing, it was 11 personnel, which they still do, but 11 personnel under center and pre-stat motion stuff. They tried to kind of disguise everything they did before the snap, but they ran the same handful of plays. And it was like, it was obviously tweaked, but it was kind of the Shanahan offense to its roots, like a bunch of under center play action to really help Jared Goff and make things easy for him. And the league did not know how to stop it until they did in 2018. And that's kind of where the, the fall off with Jared Goff kind of happened and why they moved on from Matt Stafford. But Zach Robinson was there in 2019 and 2020 when the Rams were doing that kind of stuff, like the under center play action stuff, the pre-step motions um, and, and kind of like uh, just like a, a tweaked version of the Shanahan offense. But then when they bring Stafford in, they change to this like true drop back vertical, let Matt Matthew Stafford sling it uh, like on early downs. Uh, and they weren't really running the ball during that time. So Zach Robinson was also there for that. Then I think this year it was kind of a combination of both. They did a bunch of pre-stab motion. It was still like a very drop back offense, but they also added like elements of the run game that really started to work with Kyron Williams. They're one of the best teams at running duo, which is like the the best running concept, I guess, in the NFL currently. Um, and it was kind of like a college offense. We're talking about Cliff Kingsbury with Air Raid but with NFL concepts sprinkled in. So Zach Robinson's exposure to all of that, I think is another thing exactly fits exactly what Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus said they wanted. They wanted guys who can adapt to the player's skill set and adapt to their opponent and just adapt when things don't go how they're supposed to go. And I don't, I don't think that's any truer than what the Rams have had to go through with given all the changes that they have faced in the last four years. I mean, they have been on quite the run um, competing for the playoff spot, winning a Super Bowl to not even going to the playoffs and having like one of the worst seasons, the worst season in Sean McVay's tenure and trying to kind of figure that out. Um, And then now to going back to being a wild card team when everyone thought they were kind of done. So he's super, super intriguing to me. I'm, he's not going to get the buzz now since Cliff Kingsbury was like kind of like the headline yesterday. Um, but that is probably my pick outside of Shane Waldron. Now, there's two other candidates that um, were were interviewed as well. Thomas Brown was 
the Panthers offensive coordinator last year. And people are probably going to shriek when they hear that. Like, why would you want anything to do with the Thomas Brown, given how bad the Panthers offense was? But I think people need to also put in perspective that he was one of the fastest rising stars. If you talk to most people, I guess most people that kind of follow coaching and the guys that are on the come up before he went to the Panthers, he was being looked at as like one of the fastest rising assistant coaches that was like, quote unquote, eventually going to be a a head coach one day. Um, And then I think he just went to the Panthers and I think everything besides the defense, everything on the offensive side of the ball was a disaster. I don't think there was really anything any one coach could do uh, to make that situation look better. So I don't want people to really just like look at what happened last year and kind of shoo him off because clearly a lot of people liked him. Clearly a lot of people thought highly of him. And um, I think that's also intriguing. And I honestly thought that the Panthers offense, when he started to call plays, did better things. Like he was trying different stuff versus the static offense that Frank Reich was trying to run. If there was, if they were going to hire anyone from Carolina, I am so glad it'd be Thomas Brown over Frank Reich. Let's just say that. And then the last guy that they brought in was a Marcus Bailey, who was has also has connections to Frank Reich. He was with the Colts when Eberflus was there, and then he went to the Eagles with Nick Sirianni this year. And um, I don't know enough about Marcus Bailey, but it seemed seemingly like the feel I get from everyone else and other people that are more in the know than I am don't think that would be that great of a hire. I don't really know how you could see what the Eagles did offensively and kind of honestly – how Frank Reich's offense has expired um, in recent years and want anything to do with that. It's, I think, again, they're kind of set up to like have great players and run what they run and don't really do much else. They try to keep things simple. And I, I understand there's an appeal to that. Like if you can run the same handful of plays and not have to do a lot and run them well, that is a good thing. I'm not trying to like shoo that away. I just think that that will eventually catch up with you and you kind of have to pivot. And Marcus Bailey has been a part of two staffs who've ran into that same issue. And Marcus Bailey also ha- has connections with Matt Ebrif- or with uh, Mark Trestman as well. So, yeah, uh, just keep all of that in mind. Like, I, I, again, I don't know enough about it to really make a true judgment. But at the same time, like, those are not good things uh, that I want to just, like, jump on board with. Uh, hopefully he would really have to blow them away to seriously um, get the job. Uh, but I will always go back to looking at the entire list of candidates. This can- I'm sorry, the entire list of candidates that they have interviewed or have requested to interview. And it's still seemingly to me that they want a Kyle Shanahan guy. Someone that's been involved with that offense seemingly is what they want. It makes a lot of sense. It's the probably the hottest offense in the NFL right now. And it, uh, Greg Olson, uh, the announcer and obviously former Bears tight end, uh, had pointed out that like the most efficient play right now is under center play action. That is Kyle Shanahan's like what Kyle Shanahan, the Shanahan offense originally, that's the main thing it was like an under center play action. Um, that's kind of what the offense was built around. So I think that's where the Bears want. Uh, if I had to just make an educated guess, I obviously don't know that. They could totally pull a wild card and hire Cliff Kingsbury, hire a Greg Roman. I think that would give us a lot of insight on what they want to do at quarterback. But 
the whole point of a Kyle Shanahan offense is it's supposed to make easy. It's supposed to make things easier for whichever quarterback it is. It's it's like a QB friendly offense, um, and that's the appeal to it, right? Like that's why uh, so many teams kind of want to run that, and why you see Kyle Shanahan outside of him being an offensive genius, but why you see these guys get so much out of some of the quarterbacks that many people didn't think highly of before they ended up in that system. So, yeah, I mean, I that's probably the direction I would want to go too. Um, I obviously have preferences other over others. If I had to give like a top five right now, I would say probably Shane Waldron would be my number one because I think he makes the most sense. This this was pointed out to me, and I, and I understand the point uh, that that this is trying to be made, but I don't necessarily agree with it. But I could see where the Bears would want to lean towards someone with play calling experience, even though I don't think that should. If they don't have play calling experience, I don't think that should deter you from making that hire because uh, I'll get into that. But just let me uh, let me finish my top five. I'll give my top five and we can go from there. So my top five right now would be Shane Waldron for the play calling experience. And I think he's done a good job well, everywhere he's been or with Seattle, at least. Um, then I'd probably go Zach Robinson uh, as my number two for all the reasons I listed out. Clint Kubiak, I'm a little torn on because I. While he is intriguing and while his background's intriguing, he has had runs at being a play caller and it didn't necessarily go great. But again, I, I talked about that on the last podcast. I think maybe that was more so his environment and him being under Mike Zimmer. And Mike Zimmer, we know, is historically a conservative coach. He wants to run the ball on early downs and uh, play defense. Like that's the kind of coach he is, a defensive mind. But, um, I honestly would like Thomas Brown too. Like I think Thomas Brown got a bad rap. I have to do more research on it. Obviously, he's when he was calling play, plays, he's not going to rank well statistically in anything because the Panthers were such an abysmal offense. But I could understand the appeal. I think he has got a bad rap from the decision he made last year. And he wasn't even calling the plays for most of the year. So um, I think it's a bad sample to look at. And I kind of like uh, giving him another chance. And then probably the last guy, um, you know, ch- pick your choice. I don't want Cliff Kingsbury. I don't want Greg Roman. So Greg Olson, Liam Cohen. I don't want Marcus Bailey, really, like for the reasons also I listed out. So any of those five guys, um, the top, I guess, three or four, I'd be looking more so um, to guys I'd actually want to hire um, than the next two. But any of those five guys, I don't think I'd be mad at the hire um, given – all the all the options. I wonder if there's going to be any more options. To be honest, that the Bears have interviewed to this point. Um, but the last thing I'll talk about is the point I was bringing up a little later or a little earlier, I should say, and that I could see the Bears wanting the appeal of a guy that's called plays before, having that experience, having some type of known quantity of what you're getting in an offensive coordinator. I understand that. However, I just hope that they don't let their past experience with Luke Etsy being a first-time play caller deter them from hiring a guy that really blows them away in the interviews. Because I think if you look at some of these coaches that don't, didn't have play-calling experience, Bobby Slowick, Dave Canales, Snyder pointed out to me that he, had, he hadn't called plays since high school. And he's come in and kind of taken the NFL by storm and has gotten a lot out of Baker Mayfield, more so than many other coaches Baker Mayfield has worked with in the past have up until this point. Um, Ben Johnson, like a lot of these, you have to start somewhere. A lot of these offensive minded coaches that you don't know much about. I don't think that's a bad thing. Or you don't know much about it as a play caller, obviously. I don't think that's a bad thing to take a chance on if they blow you away in the interviews 
That's how all these guys were given the opportunities that they were, and they took them and ran with it. And I would rather take the risk on a guy that's never called plays before than the known quantity retread, kind of like your Greg Olson's, to be honest. And I'm not talking about the tight end. Greg Olson, the, the offensive coach that's been around the league, he has called plays before. But you kind of know what you have there. And, like, I don't think this Bears team is getting by with, like, an average offense. Like, they need to shoot for the moon. And I know that's a little weird given that they're going to be having a rookie quarterback. But I think you could still get away with an above-average offense with a rookie quarterback if you bring in the right offensive mind. And there's the guys I think are out there. Um, And some of them may have never called plays before. But I think it's worth taking that risk. Because if you even if you have an offensive average offense with like a guy like Greg Olson, like I don't think that's saving your job. Like you really need to hit this out of the park. Like you need to have, I would say, like a top twelve offense. So that's what I'd be shooting for. And I will also say with with a Luke Etsy that he wasn't he wasn't on these like hot like the you know those lists where it's like the next top great offensive minds. Luke Etsy was never in that conversation. That was just a missight or whether I, – I don't know if there was a connection there where Eberflus was friends with, with Luke Etsy because I know they both had been around the league for a while. But Luke Etsy was kind of an out-of-the-left-field hire. I think people associated, including myself, me and Snyder, we associated that he was a great hire because we thought he was with the Packers coaching staff with Matt LaFleur. But in reality, he was a Mike McCarthy guy that had been in Green Bay forever and obviously was a very close friend of Aaron Rodgers. And when Matt LaFleur came in the for, excuse me, for the first year, he actually let Luke Getze go. And by the request of Aaron Rodgers, Luke Getze was brought back. And I don't know if for our longtime listeners, I don't remember if you guys remember that we brought on J.J. Leahy, who covers the Packers, does a great job covering the Packers. And he told us this, and I thought he was being a little trollish when he did, but he said that Jordan Love, like the word around Green Bay was that Jordan Love was getting better without Luke Etsy. Like everyone saw like noticeable improvements. And I thought like just because we had hired him, we were trying to get his take on him. He was kind of just trolling us, you know, being a being a Bears Packers rivalry type scenario. But he was I mean, he was spot on the money. Like <laughs> like uh, he was he had Luke Etsy figured out way before any Bears fans were willing to admit it. And he had later, I brought it up to him on Twitter, and he was like, uh, it's hard to get away with poor coaching when you're not best friends with a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think the Bears got Nathaniel Hackett, Hackett-ed, um, and kind of the same situation like Denver did. Um, both of those guys' names were kind of made off the back of Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers spoke very highly of them. But they didn't really warrant being... They weren't really bringing anything new to the table, offensive coordinator wise, and um, yeah, it was kind of a disaster in, in both in both scenarios. So uh, yeah, I, I don't again. I wouldn't use that example just because they hired the wrong guy. Wouldn't keep me from trying or taking a risk on a new offensive play caller with a much higher pedigree. Zach Robinson has been talked about as one of the again, like kind of like Thomas Brown has been talked about as one of the up-and-coming coaches in the NFL. Um, and again, I don't want to make this just about Zach Robinson, but a lot of these candidates, that, that's kind of the candidates you're working from, guys that never called plays before. And especially in the Bears' case, they might be having to have to pick from a pool of candidates that have not called plays before. Because how appealing is this job? Like, is Shane Waldron, if you know Mike McDonald gets hired somewhere, who's the top defensive coordinator to be a head coach, 
candidate on the market. Like if he gets a head coaching job somewhere where you know he's going to have a long tenure, you know he's going to have a long leash, and he reached out to Shane Waldron and said, hey, do you want to come be my offensive coordinator? That job would make way more sense if I was Shane Waldron than the Bears who are threading one of the tightest needles that they're going to have to thread uh, if Matt Eberflus wants to keep his job. I mean, they're going to be supposedly, or I don't know, at least what we think, drafting a rookie quarterback number one and expected to make the playoffs or if not make great offensive improvements with a rookie quarterback. I mean, that's the kind of the path that we think they could still ride with Justin Fields. But even if they rode with Justin Fields, that's not that appealing of a of of a job, in my opinion, um, for any offensive coordinator. So they might have to be picking from a pool of coordinators or position coaches that have never called plays before. And I think that's fine. I think, again, like I would rather take the risk on those guys and let them bring something new to the table, kind of let the upside, take the risk on the upside, than going for a known retread kind of average quantity offensive coordinator that isn't really going to get you anywhere besides right smack dab in the middle, which we know is the worst place to be. So um, that is my last really thoughts on this entire situation and the offensive coordinator search to this point. Uh, Obviously there's still a lot more work to be done. There could be more candidates brought in. I just felt like I had to touch upon the big, big news, which was it bringing Cliff Kingsbury in for an interview. Actually they're going to LA to interview Cliff Kingsbury, which is even funnier. I mean, this, this, this is kind of, uh, one of the, the most newsworthy thing the Bears have done in quite some time. So, uh, I just thought I had to give my thoughts on the situation. I will definitely be tweeting throughout it as much as I can, um, if there is any more news that drops, but that's going to be it for it. Uh, that's going to be it for me today. Uh, but until we meet again, keep it real. Bear down. Doing some podcast somewhere nobody wants to hear you